Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's on Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the one and only Ivan coming to Disney Plus. We talk about dinosaurs. We'll also be sharing our thoughts on the brand new Disney Plus original movie, Artemis Fowl. But before we go any further, make sure you do hit that subscribe button to keep up with the latest Disney news on YouTube. You can also subscribe on the different audio platforms. And also you can help us um, by joining our Patreon as well, where you get access to early videos, including there'll be a John Carter review that you'll get a little bit early access and there's an exclusive video each and every Sunday where I look at all the trending stuff and also do questions and answers and stuff. So a big thank you to all of our patrons, including Andrew, Giuseppe, Julie, What's on Netflix, and also Sarah and um, Joshua. So thanks for all of your support in basically just helping out with the podcast and with the YouTube channel. It really makes all the difference. And if you can help from just a few bucks a month, it really makes all of the difference. So let's jump into it so james um it's been it's been kind of an odd couple of weeks um we kind of there was not really much news last week that's why we ended up um, speaking with casey and we were just talking about like netflix and the wars and stuff but generally there's just it, it was a really quiet with obviously everything going on in the u.s right now and this week is kind of in some ways we've had a little bit more news and stuff so what have you been watching on uh, disney plus over the last couple of weeks uh, mostly Gravity Falls. Yeah. Uh, been going did it my first time watching through it, so it's all new to me, and I've been enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, other than that, uh, just Artemis Fowl and John Carter, which you mm. mentioned briefly. So yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, that covers about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been I've plowed through all of all the last fifth season of Agents of Shield, and now working for the sixth season, which is unfortunately is on Amazon over here because we have the five seasons of Agents of Shield. So finished them. I've done a few National Geographic documentaries, watched a few movies and stuff. But let's jump into the big one. Let's jump into the the one um, which obviously going to be the title of this uh, episode: Artemis Fowl. We obviously came out yesterday. So let's start off with your views. What did you think of Artemis Fowl? I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really have a strong opinion about it one way or another. Uh, like I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. Um, I think what, when I was looking back on it, the, the line of thought that worked for me was if I had paid full price to go see this in a theater, I would have been disappointed. Maybe yeah. not like rage at the, the, you know, the poor employee, give me back my money. This was terrible, but disappointed. If I'd seen it at a matinee price, uh, mm. like 10 to $12 here in the States, I, it would have been a fine afternoon. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have felt bad yeah. about that. But of course, seeing it on Disney Plus, I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, two hours is, it was fine. Two hours. Well, yeah, I mean, it was about 90 minutes. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I thought it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't bad and it wasn't amazing. It was okay. Um, it was it's kind of middle of the road and it's not really kind of what you want to do to, to start off a big franchise and sort of watching it. There was a number of things I felt in terms of like, I enjoy like Josh Gad's character and I, I thought, you know, obviously the special effects were fine. I didn't even mind the idea of what the story was. However, I felt like they sped through it way too quickly. It needed, I, I know a lot of people saying that about it being boring and stuff, but I'm thinking, I felt it needed like another half an hour of like fleshing out some of the characters, some more, I mean, for a kids' movie, it works fine because it's very quick and it gets to the point quite quickly. But it's kind of like, a, okay, so we just take your word, one word from you, and we just accept it as that's what it is. No evidence. <laughs> um, so I just felt in some ways that it's like trying to build, they spent so long trying to build a universe without actually doing the groundwork. It was a bit, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like, someone's like, uh, Batman versus Superman, where they're trying to speed through and create something like Harry Potter without actually doing the, the work for it. Because on its own, as a standalone movie, it didn't really have any conclusion. No, it didn't. It, it, didn't. it, it ends and like, well, we've got to go and do this thing now. I'm like, well, no, you don't. Why, why do you have to do that? And why are you stopping now? It was, it was an odd um, duality between the two movies this week, John Carter and, and um and Artemis Fowl, whereas John Carter, we'll talk about that more in depth yeah. in the special episode, but it was, I felt like it spent too long, especially at the beginning of yeah. the movie, uh, building up to, to get us to Mars. It takes too long to yeah. get to Mars. And Artemis Fowl, just like, all right, here's fairies and trolls, and there's Josh Gad doing a really weird accent, and there's James, Dame Judy Dench doing a really weird accent. <laughs> and... <laughs> And yeah, yeah. It, it and we don't even know. I don't even know who the villain is at this point. I mean, I know visually who the villain is, but they they were so cagey with like, 
we're gonna make sure the hood's on and you can't really tell who the voice is and all they're like i have no idea what's going well, on well apparently they cut all of her scenes out they removed them all and kind of tr- and i mean the trouble is she sounded like a like a teenager on a phone with a phone app it didn't really sound very menacing um there was a I did notice there was a big scene in the trailer that was missing with this, like, this big fairy kind of... And mm. I don't know, I mean, the other thing that got me was, that, like, the leprechauns or the fairies. It felt like something out of, a, out of a Christmas movie. She didn't... It was like, okay, this could have been an elf or Noel or something. <laughs> that There was definitely that feel, particularly with the elf forces. Like, wait, this is uh, those elves that show up at Hollywood Studios at Christmas time. What's going on yeah. here? Yeah, prep and landing. Yeah, kind of had that, yeah, that, that was it. It, Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we're we're kind of ragging on it for that. It and it, it definitely had pacing issues, but it wasn't that that bad in the end. It yeah, it, it, it had some good good sequences. I just didn't have any context for most of them. No, I mean, I think that's the trouble. Is it? it's like all of it together. I mean, it looks you know, it looked like to me. It's like it was a summer blockbuster from what I would have thought back in the 1990s. It would, it's like that spy girl and drama. It's very quick, lots of kids, you know, in straight into the action, setting something up and trying to deliver it very quickly without any, and it's like, as a kid's movie, I think this one did hit that. I don't think, I think the trouble is with all of these things of, because they're based on really popular book series that don't match what people's imaginations are for them. And therefore, having never read the books, I've got no history of this character at all. I saw this movie for what it was, I've seen a trailer. That's all I knew about this character. So they, he was completely fresh to me. And it was just like, okay, I don't know who he is and why he's doing it or who he... And it was very strange. It's like, oh, you're looking for this amulet. Okay, so we're going to have a big challenge. You know, we're going to do the fetched quest. No, it's actually just downstairs. It was like, okay, we're not even leaving the... And then they're all going to come to the house and fight. It was like... Okay, there's not even a set change. You know? That's what's through me. Like, normally, you'd have expected some kind of, ch- you know, adventure to go and find this item that they needed, but nope, no, it was already in the house. Very, very odd. No, you just need to remember that Irish nursery rhyme that Colin Farrell very conveniently uh, told to young Colin Farrell. Yeah, uh, like every time he left, and it's like, okay, so it's a yeah. Um, I yeah. will I will say for this for the movie though as rushed as it was um, you you do get the sense of the bigger story beneath it of the world mm-hmm. building even if you don't actually see it and it did kind of make me interested to try and uh, check out the book see mm-hmm. see where it differs see where some of these characters get a lot more um, more detail find out you know what drives some of these characters because it all right so you had the fairy character um, the one the the young girl one yeah. and you get the sense that she's got her own quest. You know, she's got to find out what happened to her father, clear his name, all that stuff. And and then, but they don't ever do anything with it. She, she's, I've got to clear his name. And then Artemis Fowler or um, uh, the other character is like, Oh, Oh no, senior Artemis Fowler senior. is like, Oh yeah, yeah, I know him. He was, he was fine. He's cool. And it's like, Oh, cool. Plot resolved. (laughs) Yeah. It was very like, um, like one simple sentence was enough just to write that entire storyline off and you're supposed to just believe it. Um, I mean, there's a whole other side thing of like, you know, they introduced the niece. I think in the books, it was actually uh, Butler's uh, sister. And it kind of got to the end of it and you went, she wasn't needed. She just was, there was no benefit. If, they, if she wasn't in the movie, it wouldn't have made any difference. She, um, and things like that are just like, you know, the bother of, because obviously the day before they put out all these posters and they put this character in and I'm like, she didn't do anything, you know, and there's these other things as well. I don't know. It's just kind of like strange of like, it felt rushed. It felt a bit fast. It needed more it, as a solo movie on its own. It didn't have that conclusion. And I think that's what was needed. You know, like the scene where, you know, they get Josh Gad out the, out the thing at the end and you're like going, I mean, I like the character. And there's a whole imming and ahhing of whether or not, you know, was he good or bad? And I, you know, he he comes into the house, he breaks in, and next minute they're all just friends and running around, and they pass the thing to him, and they run off. And go, you've not established any repertoire with them. They literally just trusted each other the second they saw each other, and that was what was like those little things are going. They, they've edited this as so tight to make it so quick for kids, but there's no concept of building on the story. Yeah, and Josh's character in particular was a little odd because. Like he's the narrator, but he knows things that he shouldn't have known, and like he he buys completely into um, 
this following of Artemis yeah. Fowl, uh, kind of like what you were alluding to. And mm-hmm. he's, he's like, why? why? Why does he care? I mean, this was just a job to him, but now he's a, a zealot for, for yeah. both Artemis Fowl Sr. and Jr. out there to, to preach the word. And like, but also, why is he in jail in the first place? I didn't, yeah. Well, I think they set up Not, that he'd done all the, all the robberies. I don't know. I, I understood why he was in fairy jail. But why was yeah. he in English jail at the beginning? And, and why did he? I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, know, I know they even said in the movie, he's like, Artemis Fowl sent me here to tell the story. I'm like, why? Yeah. What, why, did, why does MI5 need to know about what happened at the Fowl place? Like, <laughs> I, maybe it's explained in the book. I don't know. But I was like, yeah. th- this entire framing sequence makes no sense. I think that's the thing is, is it's... I, I feel like it would have been better. It's it needed to be in its own movie with its own, and then from there you build out from it, right? I mean, it's just that kind of feeling again of them just wanting to just do so much, and I think that's the problem, isn't it? Well, that it's like you said, that's that's what happened with DC and and Batman versus Superman or Batman v Superman, sorry, um, where they they wanted to get to the to the fun part without doing the work for it and you could also argue that this is what disney did with the star wars sequel movies they wanted to get to that point where they could start telling rebellion stories where luke and leia and all their offspring mm. and well not offspring but the the followers were back at being like the underdogs against the mm. giant first order and it's like but you didn't put the legwork in you didn't no. you didn't build the universe at all and it's the same here uh, which is too bad because you do get the feeling that there is a really cool world mm. being built here. You're just expected to know what it is because you read the book or, or just run with yeah. it. Accept it. And the, the other thing, it was like the little things are like Josh Gad is, is a extra large dwarf. And like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't understand. Is he actually <laughs> a giant? Well, dwarf, when he does that, that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it that, wasn't really, I guess that answers it, 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 but yeah, it wasn't really till he like the, the, that whole mouth thing that I kind of went, Oh no, he is actually a dwarf, but I've never, it's, don't know. It just was very, it kind of just that, almost that feeling of, like you say, of they had these, you know, the trolls and the, and the goblins and the fairies and the dwarfs and all the rest of it. But it was just like, right. Okay. You've got all this history and you're just supposed to just take it for what it is. I don't know. It was, it was a really strange one. It kind of felt like they needed they try to do too much too quick and then it's edited to be a kid's movies. I just feel like they needed that ending. You know, it's like they got the dad out and just ended it. And then they went straight into like, okay, we're setting up a sequel. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I actually even paused the movie to go, am I, are we nearly done? It was just like, I felt like we were going, <laughs> going and I was like, okay. I mean, I think this whole thing of, well, there's been a lot of, uh, bad publicity about this movie over the last couple of days of people calling it the worst movie and it's dreadful and it's i mean the worst movie of 2020 well we've not really had that many so it's a little bit unfair and it's like okay i can see why it's been moved to disney plus i get that but i'm like going, i don't think it was it's it's a kid's movie and that's ultimately yeah. what it is but i think the trouble is disney have kind of continued this trend of john carter uh you know, Wrinkle in Time, and then we had Nutcracker, and then we've had Tomorrowland, and they've just had these movie after movie after movie where they are trying desperately to deliver something, and they are just failing because they're doing it like a trope, like just like it's a paint by numbers exercise to get to the end, and you know they're taking these like really amazing stories, but just maybe just blanding them down too much. If I don't know, even that's a yeah, word, I but. I was actually thinking about this a lot last night because I watched both John Carter and um. Artemis Fowl on the same day. I think you did yeah. too. Yeah, I did this. Um, I did yes. This <laughs> but I was thinking about this. So John Carter's not a bad movie. Tomorrowland wasn't a bad movie. Maybe a little preachy, but not yeah. a bad movie. Uh, I can't speak to Wrinkle of Time, but you know, they, they have this whole catalog of attempting to do uh, original works in for movie form. You know, obviously they're adaptations, but, uh, but then they kind of pull back at the last minute where we, we've, done all this marketing or we've done all this writing and adapting for wrinkle in time and tomorrowland and so on. And then they just get cold feet at the end and they, they stop marketing it or they don't market it properly. And I think this is part of a much larger problem at Disney right now. Um, It's not specifically these movies. It's just in general. And 
you know, we see a lot of, oh, Disney's building this super massive media empire. You know, they bought Fox yeah. and, and soon all movies are going to be Disney in some form or another. And, I, and I'm looking at going, actually, that's probably not true because Disney's not acting like the dominant company right now. They're not acting like they're at the top of their game. They're actually acting kind of scared. It's hmm. weird to think about it that way, but let's look at the last 10 years. You've got not just these original movies, which aren't getting the proper marketing, aren't getting the proper attention, and Disney seems to, to not want to put any faith in them. You take the big name movies uh, or the bigger budget animation yeah. kind of stuff. Zootopia, Big Hero 6, uh, Frozen when it was originally announced. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that and go they didn't put any backing into any of these either when you look at frozen you, you look at it now and you're like it's this huge empire you can't go five feet at disney without seeing anna or elsa or olaf but when it came out they were nowhere they, they were not in the parks they were not in merchandising they weren't anywhere zootopia i was at disney world the week zootopia came out you had no idea there was a major animation movie coming out that week judy and uh, nick were not anywhere at the parks not even like a pin mm -hmm. you, you know you couldn't even get a pin or a patch or something with them disney is not taking is not willing to take risks at the yeah. moment and it's problematic they don't have that creative direction that they've had in other than uh marvel other than marvel which let's be honest they're fun but they're not exactly you know oscar movies mm -hmm. there's there's a reason endgame was up for special effects not script yeah. writing they, they're not taking any. It, Star Wars, like I mentioned before, they went the sequels. They basically just wanted to get back to the Rebellion era and tell those stories. Again, the best movie that Disney made was Rogue One, which is set right before A New Hope. And they, they have to be able to take the risk. But now that, that Marvel has become so successful, they can't take risks because if the shareholders see yeah. massive price drops, they're going to eat Disney alive. So it's a really weird dichotomy they, or, or viewpoint the, the, at this point i mean i think to be honest they've been so reliant on their live action remakes and armus foul was something original you know we've been saying everyone says we want something original we want something fresh you know we're fed up of all these live action ones and then you give us something like armus foul and it's like yeah you're not showing any faith in this thing and again that was it just meddling was was the longer cut was it better was it um and they pulled the trigger because they didn't realize what it was doing it's hard to know, but I mean, the movie got delayed from last year to this year, and obviously they pushed it onto Disney. And I do look at it and go, yeah, you might as well have just pushed this onto Disney Plus because this would have been a box office design. The trouble is what you don't want is you don't want Disney Plus being the, um, well, a movie isn't going to do so well, we're going to put it on there. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, when I look at like the, the five Disney Plus original movies now that we've had, um, it's Togo, Artemis Fowl for me. And then, you know, Lady and the Tramp, Oh no, we've had six. So I would put Armas Vow in the top two. I still think it's a it's a it's a solid it's a solid kids movie. It's better, but we would never have got that movie like that with all the special effects had it been coming straight to Disney Plus. You know, if they decide they're going to do five sequels every two years for Disney Plus, the budget will be nowhere near what we had because there was a lot of special effects in this movie. And um, yeah, it's but they would never that budget would never be that high for it. Yeah, and you would have a hard time getting some of the actors and actresses involved. I can't imagine that uh, Dame Judi Dench is a, exactly a cheap actress to hire. Colin uh, may not be at the top of his game at the moment, but he's still a recognizable actor. He's mm. he's going to be able to draw at least a sizable paycheck. And then you've got the special effects, location shooting, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a Disney Plus original, but only because uh, yeah. Yeah, everything. I mean, if it weren't for contract contractual stuff new mutants would probably be a disney yeah. plus original uh it yeah they're it's, in a weird yeah. place it's a real shame because i just feel like they, they they didn't they didn't pull the trigger on this one they didn't get the you know they went way to say i mean the thing is as well if they're aiming it as a, you know it's based on it's a 12 year old kid with fighting fairies and goblins and stuff like that so therefore it is a child it's a movie aimed at kids and families but it doesn't have that thing for adults and i think that's what we're used to you know, you look, you look at something, and I think, you know, like Harry Potter was able to do something so well on its own and nothing has been able to re kind of recapture that. And, but, I, but you look at Harry Potter on its own and that first movie, it was, it had a, a start, a middle and an end. And Armistad didn't have the end. And that's my problem with it. It just, we rescued him. Okay. 
and that was the end of it. And I think that it was, again, they're trying too much to do too, too many things at once and it didn't work. And yeah, I think that's probably the biggest problem with it. Yeah. And they, they wanted it to be something that it wasn't ready to be yet. Mm. Um, having said all that, we've been very negative on it. It still was an enjoyable watch. Uh, the action yeah. sequences were good. The special effects were solid for the most part. They, they had that weird... Like the surfing that was a surfing annoyed me more than because it's like that's yeah. not the kid <laughs> that's not, well it's not the kid and and then the surfing meant nothing at all it would have been one thing if they'd set up like there, there will be a part of the fight where the surfing comes into play somehow yeah. i don't know i don't know how they would have done that i think it's so easy because it would have made sense that if he'd like grabbed some special elf board and was surfing around on the time bubbles or See, something there like you that. go yeah disney will take our royalty check uh I'll, I'll take it in park credit, honestly. I don't know. It was, I mean, it's like, you know, he's, I mean, we watched it. Um, like my wife even said it was passable, which for her, for Disney movies at the minute, you know, she said it was fine. She wouldn't want to watch it again. And I kind of feel the same thing. I sort of watched it and went, I was like, well, man, all these people giving it one stars and saying it's the worst movie. I'm going, I've seen much worse than this. I right. mean, I wasn't sitting, I was not sitting there like I was through Timmy Failure and Stargirl wanting it to end. Artemis have ended, I'm going, well, can I have a bit more, please? Because I have, feel like I haven't actually had the full story yet. And I think that was the difference. I, I did look at it and go, it wasn't that bad. It was very average. Very average. Um, and, but unfortunately, average isn't good enough anymore. It's either no. going to be a 9, nine out of 10, or a 10 out of 10, or it's dreadful. There's no in between. Yeah, and it's... I have to assume that a lot of the negative... Uh, reviews are also coming from people who read the books and are going, this is not how I pictured it in my head, or this is, I, I don't know where it deviates from the books mm. because we haven't read the books. So I, I don't, this could be one of those situations where it's literally, there's a character called Artemis Fowl Sr. There's a character called Artemis Fowl Jr. Uh, there's the guy named Butler who does not want to be called Butler. And then everything else in the book movie is completely different from what happens to the book. I don't know. And that's completely valid for, for fans of the book to go, this is not what I wanted in an Artemis Fowl movie. We've seen that plenty of times. The Percy Jackson fans can certainly commiserate. And, the writer. Uh, <laughs> huh? Oh, well, the writer of Percy Jackson, I mean, he has been, because obviously he's behind the yeah. new Disney Plus show. He is, he is so, he hates those movies. He literally says, um, you know, you'd be better off watching two hours of, because he, he, he said he just took his entire life and just blended it for a meat grinder and, he begged them not to do it, you know, and it kind of feels like, you know, Ar did Armas Fowler, is that kind of the same thing of where it's been just churned up and just sanitized so much that it just become, meh. But no, it's very strange. It's a very strange, I had that movie gone to, the so I, I'm, I wouldn't have gone cinema to see it. Um, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I might have, I probably might have gone, well, I suppose I need to go see it because I run a Disney website, but I wasn't, when it got, you know, it's like, had they delayed this another year, I would have just been like, yeah, whatever. I, I didn't, it wasn't really on my radar. It was very noticeable that um, it's not, you know, Disney aren't really, they are promoting it on TV over here as part of the Disney Plus thing and pushing it. And, you know, they had the actors and stuff on TV over here promoting the movie. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I think right now, everyone want, would have wanted a big, blockbuster i mean i think had this been like mulan or something like that it would have been a much bigger deal but yeah Artemis Fowl just didn't scratch that itch that i think everyone was looking for right now well yeah and it's you can tell why they picked this instead of mulan or um black widow or, or something like that they, they're still holding out hope that they'll be able to get those into a proper theatrical release that will make them uh you know not insane amounts of money because i don't think even they expect that people are going to run to the theaters to see mm. Milan or Black Widow, given all the things going on right now. But right. So before we go, we are, we, we're going to jump into that one in, in a second anyway. Right. Uh, so story. just to finish off Artemis Fowl, for me, I gave it a three out of five on my written review. I thought it was, um, that would maybe be like a six out of 10. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. It, I think if you've got a Disney Plus subscription, you should check it out. I don't think, you know, I've seen people going, well, I'm not going to bother wait, watching it because of the reviews. I'm like, no, why? Just watch it. If you don't like it, turn it off after 10 minutes. You know, you're not paying, you've already paid for it. It's not like you're spending out any money for it. So I do definitely recommend watch it. If you, if you like, I'm sure kids are going to love it and they're going to enjoy it and it'll kill 90 minutes. Um, just don't go in expecting 
Harry Potter. I think that might be the or something along those lines. What about you? Yeah, uh, about the same. I'd say a three out of five or maybe a five out of ten, depending on yeah. what kind of scale you want to go on. Uh, if you if you were going to go to the theater to see it, I'd say no, stay at home or watch something else. But it's there. It's on Disney Plus. As you said, you're already paying for it. It ten minutes of your time, uh, and if you if you want to keep going, then keep going. Uh, one note. Um, any company, not just Disney, if you're going to do an adaptation of a book, a comic book, whatever, at least understand the source material, understand what the fans wanted out of the source material. And it's, it's not pandering to give the fans what they want out of a source material book. It, it's worse to make big changes. Now, I, I, I don't know yeah. if they made huge changes, but based on what people are saying, uh, it certainly sounds like they did. Yeah, so let's move on there because it kind of brought up. So the Disney have announced that the one and only Ivan is going to be moving from cinemas to Disney Plus. It's going to be coming to Disney Plus on Friday, August sorry, August twenty first. It's about a three hundred pound gorilla that live or four hundred pound gorilla that lives in a uh, shopping complex and with a dog, and they drop off a baby elephant, and it reminds him of being in the wild, and I. We've seen nothing of it. We've not seen a, a logo. We've not seen an image. We've not seen a trailer. Um, I think we've all been expecting this movie to do the Artemis Fowl route of being, I would say, dumped. I mean, this is the kind of thing of everyone's like, oh, it's just been dumped because it's rubbish. It's like, not, not necessarily be rubbish, but mid-tier movies do not do very well now at cinemas. There's, this is just a standard thing going forward. This is a, a movie that they planned on it, but there's just been no promotion of it. You know, we are... Essentially, it was supposed to come out the second week or first week of August. We are six weeks away, maybe seven weeks away from when it should have been out, and we know nothing. I mean, even the press release didn't even have the logo. I mean, it was just like, okay. You, you, I mean, it's, it's unsurprising no one really was that excited about it when I put it up on the, on the page and in the group because no one knows what it is. Um, apparently, right. it's, again, based on a very popular book, and they've had a sequel and all the rest of it. But... Um, I wasn't surprised by this in the slightest. I was only surprised because I forgot the movie existed. Uh, and it, <laughs> and when, the, when it came up on the, the Disney, what's on Disney Plus feed, I was like, oh, this is an, a new title. This sounds like it's a, a long, along the veins of, uh, you know, Timmy, Timmy Failure. It's going to be some live action thing about a kid named Ivan. I'm like, oh, oh the, this is not that at all. I have no idea what this is about. Well, CG, CGI um, animals and we've got, uh, it's got, what, um, Angelina Jolie providing a voice for it. I, mean, I think, you know, this one could have been, it maybe had the virus not hit, it, we might have started seeing um, sort of footage of it by now, I would have hoped so. But maybe this is, again, this hard kind of feeling of Disney is looking at these mid-tier cinemas and going, it's just not going to work. They're just not going to bring in enough money because people will not go see, people wouldn't have gone and seen them in enough numbers before the current situation. And so this one moving over to Disney Plus is good now. That means now this month we've had um, Artemis Fowl. Last month we had uh, Rise of Skywalker. The month before we had we had Frozen and Onward. And um, both Fro- Frozen is coming to the UK in, in a few more weeks. And Onward hasn't arrived yet. And now we've got Ham- uh, Hamilton dropping in July. Now the one and only Ivan in August. So we're actually doing quite well on Disney Plus with them kind of doing this. And yeah, I I think it's a great move. I think. Disney have got so many movies to try and they've essentially lost five to six months of opportunity to release these movies and they can keep pushing them back and pushing them back and pushing them back but the problem right now is who is going to go and how many people are going to go because if you have a movie say this movie they're looking at going well this was only going to bring in I don't know say 100 million 200 million at the box office but half of those people are no longer going to go we're just losing money so therefore it's pointless sending them there's just it's more cost effective for disney plus to boost that up as being the main thing to kind of keep subscribers and stuff going on i just right now it's like going to the cinema you know mulan comes out it's supposed to come out in what four to five weeks time um but the situation is changing so much tenant and wonder woman they all got um delayed yesterday also disney and not only did they announce that the one and only ivan is moving to disney plus they've also pushed back the beatles documentary by a year till next august they've also pushed a couple of other movies back um there was that one uh, fox searchlight movie which was all about 
um, David Copperfield actually got released here just before all the situation hit. So it's kind of that weird thing. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, that one's being pushed forward. So they're moving some more dates around. All the companies, are, because right now there is a real fear that July isn't going to hit what they all wanted. You know, everyone was they, everyone was hoping that all cinemas were going to be reopening. I mean, over here in the UK, the current schedule is the 4th of July to kind of start unlocking hospitality. But spikes start going up, things start changing. And what's going on in America right now, the stocks just went bonkers yesterday because so many states started reporting bigger numbers going up than they were before the current situation. There was also a number of states now have, have put hold on stuff. And I think the just general consensus from the studios is there's not enough confidence in sending these movies out in July, which then puts back that delay even more so. Whether or not we see Mulan on Disney+, Plus, I still think they're going to do a video on demand. I think they'll go with every cinema that's open, drive-ins, quick release to video on demand, get it out on Disney+. Plus with it. And you'll see that will happen within like three months. I think we'll just see a blast. Like, we will send it to cinemas, but it's not going to be there for... It, won't be, it will be there. But we're, and I, I don't think they're going to send it straight to Disney Plus. I think it's too big a movie to do that. But the, the whole summer is still, it's still too early to say what's going on right now. Right. And people are now getting more and more um, invested in getting some new content. You, you can only rewatch The Office so many times or whatever your, yeah. your um, safety binge of choices. Uh, and they have to have looked at the success of. Uh, trolls world tour or whatever it was mm. which apparently did extremely well on video on demand i don't know what the onwards numbers look mm. like because they released that video on demand before going disney plus but they're going to want to recoup something i mean they, they've spent a ton of money on black widow and mulan those aren't just going to pop onto disney plus without a chance for you to spend money on them beforehand but even if everything does open up uh mm. by the end of july like uh yeah whether or not it is against the the best practices at that point, just because stuff is open doesn't mean people's going to, people are going to go no. anywhere. I, I might try to track down like a, a drive-in theater. Um, maybe mm. I haven't decided. I, I know there's a couple in my yeah. area, um, but I'm not going to a regular theater. I, I, I love the Marvel movies. Um, mm. I, and no black widow at this point, I will wait for video on demand or Disney plus to watch it. Uh, even though I think it's the kind of movie you would want to see at a theater. That is what the theater experience is for the big blockbuster action, popcorn thriller, uh, that yeah. Mulan. But, and I don't think I'm alone. I, I know that there are plenty yeah. of people who will. There are a lot of yeah. people here in the States who think this entire thing is overblown and fake and whatever. They're, yeah. They I don't have kind things to say to them, yeah. but, but they're, they're out there and they'll go see the movies, but everyone else is going to be like, no, I'm not going anywhere near that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's that whole thing right now of just like, you know, this like with Artemis Fowler, being able to sit at home with your feet up on your couch with your snacks and just enjoy a new movie. And that feeling of like, this is good. You know, you've got a big enough screen and all the rest of it. That's what's going to happen. And I think the studios are looking at all these movies and going, what do we do with it? Are we going to make, make enough money back on it? What are we going to do? You know, like, it's like bringing Hamilton forward was what great and that will help fill the gap because they need to, they need content now for people at home. The good news is filming is now kind of underway um, in some places like um, down in New Zealand, um, Avatar 2, all the filming has resumed on that a, couple, a week or two ago. Here in the UK, filming has been able to resume on like TV shows and stuff. So they were, they're still having to do social distancing, but filming is now back kind of as long as they're safe. And I think like California, I think it starts on Monday or from today or onwards. They can now start doing it. Some of the states have been doing it. So filming and production will start crawling back in way before I think like the audience goes back in full. So I think we are going to start seeing those delays and stuff. Things are just going to start stacking up because they are going to be able to go back and start filming things either relatively soon or already. And, there's just going to be a big backup full of stuff that they need to film. And that is going to have an impact. But the fact that filming is now starting to get moving will then start the chain reaction of then they can start releasing stuff again, you know, and it will be, uh, yeah, they're, they're never going to be able to catch up on that four or five months that was lost. But 
the filming getting going it means then they're no longer holding on to everything going uh, we can't release it because we might need it later because <laughs> i think that's the other problem they couldn't release things like you know maybe the one on only ivan they were now like oh well we can actually move it because we'll be all right for movies in november december and so on yeah i i it, everything has changed all the rules are changed and disney just like everyone else is scrambling to adapt and figure out what things are going to look like. We will feel the ripples of this into the 2030s, honestly, not maybe not directly because everything that's being impacted by, uh, you know, not being able to shoot, not being able to get in and get the specialized equipment you need for post-processing, whatever, that'll all be a few years out. But the mentality that that's going to go forward from the executives and the business point of view, that's going to, that's going to be sticking around for a long time. And I think we'll still get the big blockbusters. They might not be as big blockbustery as they are now. And I think the smaller movies, the super cheap movies, relatively speaking, we're still yeah. talking about a couple million dollar budgets, which is not cheap mm. for most of us, I think. But those movies will probably uh, continue on because they're low risk, but it's these middle grade movies, the, the Artemis fouls, the yeah. um, hundred plus failures. million kind of, you know, the yeah. 90 million, the, Man, when did 90 million become well, mediocre? Money? I've been obviously this week, I've been doing a bit of research and stuff. So, for example, with some of the movies, uh, Lady and the Tramp was, I think, about 60 million. Togo was between 30 and 40. Timmy Failure uh, was around there. I think even Stargirl was much, much lower than that. So, I couldn't find a, a budget for Noel. So, this is the thing with like with Artemis Artemis Fowler nearly had double the budget because it was 125 million. So it was double Lady in the Tramp. You know, you could make her make what four three or four Togos for that price. So this is where the why we probably won't see as big hits on those on Disney Plus. But it's why Netflix has been so good at picking up all these middle to um, low tier movies because the box office just isn't there the same way. No, damn it. People are, have stopped going, and this is just going to make it worse. I mean, the whole situation right now is going to make people, you know, if it's like if you have to go into a building with people for two hours, um, the whole thing about being separated doesn't apply when you're in a big building with aircon and all the rest of it. And I think that's just going to have an impact. And yeah, I just feel like at the minute, there's budget budgets are going to be there's going to be a lot more smaller movies, a lot more budget cuts, and things are going to be done smarter. And that's always a, that's not always a bad thing as well. Sometimes you know maybe you're too much reliant on CGI to fix stuff because I think that was the other thing um, recently of watching of this whole idea of going back and fixing stuff and just oh we'll do it or we'll just do reshoots we'll just do like no you have one shot you need to get as much as you can now because you ain't coming back with because they're gonna have such a stockpile of stuff to do they can't keep coming back for reshoots for movies that they should have already filmed. Yeah, and I've said this before, but I think the silver lining to all of this is you're really going to see a separation of the directors who know how to work within constraints, who who aren't used to getting um, a $300 million budget to do whatever they want with anything at all. Um, and the directors who are like, you know, go we're going to go the James Cameron alien route. You know, we, we only have enough money to show the alien like four times, but really crafting the story around those handful of times the, a lot of directors won't be able to do it. A lot of editors won't be able to do it, but the ones who can do it are going to produce some absolutely phenomenal stuff. Uh, And that's, that's the silver lining here. To be honest, I'm thinking this is where like searchlight is going to come into its own because they are much more about creating movies with, you know, generally with better stories, low budgets, delivering. And that I think they're going to be the providers for Hulu and Disney Plus going forward as being like the go-to, like, right, what have you got for us? <laughs> that kind of thing of like, like, you go out and you find a load of movies and then you sell it because that's how it's going to work. They're going to basically, you can see how they will come up with a movie and then they go to Disney and go, right, here is a movie. Where do you want it? Where and it can go Hulu or Disney Plus, and that's what's going to happen because Hulu's going to need start needing original movies once you know they lose all the NBC stuff in two years' time. You know, and this is where it's all going to start kicking in. You know, they need they need these ones to be making movies. And yeah, I just think the middle of the road movies 
we're going to start seeing them arriving on services much quicker than we are. And I think as a whole, this whole wait six months to seven months for movies, I think that's going right out the window right now. Yeah. Sorry, I want to make a correction real fast for myself. I was I mixed my thoughts up. I said James Cameron did Alien. That's actually Ridley Scott. Um, I was going to go with well, I was going to go with Terminator, and then I was like, no, nah, the Alien makes more sense. But I I didn't correct the uh, well. I, in my the head. thing I think to me, I am I must admit, I always think of James Cameron and Aliens as that was always the one I preferred. Aliens was always my favorite. I I I agree with that. <laughs> I, and Aliens itself had yeah. uh, quite a few budgetary restrictions i think they had like six alien suits and they had to, to make it look like a whole mob of them but i just want to make yeah. sure yeah uh don't jump on me i <laughs> i recognized my mistake it is ridley scott did alien and james cameron did aliens as well as terminator which was my original uh go-to there so sorry guys that was a- yeah <laughs> right okay so let's move on to some other we'll just do some quick fires on some other news so first off dinosaurs um this one has been one of the heavily requested tv series it was a show that aired back in the 1990s I ran for about hundred about for four seasons, sixty-five episodes. During an episode of ABC's new game show Don't, Ryan Reynolds does the, is producing it and is also narrating the show. He said it's coming to Disney Plus in uh, the fall, and it's like a really weird place to kind of advertise it. They've not followed it up anywhere else. Um, there's other people going, well, is he just joking? Is it just it's like well, you generally wouldn't joke about that on a TV series. That would be a bit. Um, you know, yeah, it just wouldn't make any sense. So yeah, so that has come from Ryan Reynolds and ABC shows. A really weird, random way of announcing a legacy title. But I, I used to love watching that when I was a kid. I haven't watched it 20 plus years, probably since it stopped airing. But um, I'm willing to give that one another go. But I, uh, how, how badly that's aged, I don't know. I don't know. I suspect it's actually aged decently well because it was fairly low production values to begin with. So it really won't change in that regard. Um, but yeah, this is a very odd way to announce it. Still, I remember loving that show. It it had some uh, pre-internet meme-worthy yeah. stuff, like the Not the Mama from the yeah. Baby and so forth. I have to admit, though, when I first saw the title, I was like, oh, we're, we're going to talk about dinosaurs. Are they doing a revival of the 2000 movie Dinosaur? <laughs> Which, that's an odd yeah. one to pick out. This actually makes more sense. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll, I will definitely give it a shot. I, you know, I'm not a huge sitcom guy. I never have been, but I do remember enjoying this show back in the day. Um, anyone who hasn't seen the show, though, be forewarned, the ending of the show is depressing. Yeah, it's, I just, I, I see, I, I, there's a lot of people talking about that. And I think it's almost that kind of thing of like, that's one way of ending a series. Like, you just ended it, you know. No, and the, you have a very definitive ending to Dinosaur. Yeah. And I remember watching it as a kid. I don't know if I saw it as a rerun or if I saw it when it was the actual last episode, but I was like, what? What did they just do? That was... Because well, wasn't it just kind of along the lines of, oh, it's starting to get a bit cold? Uh, well, yeah, it's starting to get a bit cold after they destroyed the entire environment through yeah. o- over-industrialization and then yeah. compensating with really stupid ways. They destroyed the planet straight up mm, uh, who would have who would have, you know looking at that like you know kind of what's going on right nevertheless all right also some news this week um disney plus launched in japan um it replaced disney deluxe over there so it's out there now um runs a little bit differently to the normal one there's kind of another company involved um, it's got all the disney plus originals got lots of other bits and pieces also got some slightly less this is again comes down to this international thing of how different country i think even like jojo rabbit is on it and like it is in disney plus hot star as well and that whole thing of like the international zone of you know what's family friendly is they're very different outside of the u.s right now so it's out now in japan so we'll probably have a another i'm just trying to think when the next uh quarterly result is so that was the last one was may so we're looking at maybe august um it depends how well the launch goes of we'll start seeing probably a, some numbers coming soon well, we should be seeing a quarterly result here within actually a couple of weeks because June was the end of the most recent quarter. Uh, May um, was the last quarterly results, wasn't it? So yeah, that was the last they, investors call, yeah. Yeah, but they'll have to have a call for uh, the quarter that ended in June or is ending in June, I should say. Yeah, it's normally like a month, I think about a month right, later. Right, 6.30. Yeah, that, 6 yeah. um, yeah. Now that I think about it, we've got a, at work, we've got all of our quarterly stuff coming up here in the near future. So end of June... Um, which means the Japanese yeah. launch will be in the current quarter. Yeah. Uh, so we'll hear about it probably in August. L- lots of surveys and stuff talking about how, you know, Disney Plus now is like the third biggest streaming service, for example, in the UK. 
um, and other surveys of like how many subscribers or, or things people are picking up. So some of them saying like two to three um, different services. Some people have six. I think we're going to see a bit of a mix of what's going on with all that. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me with Disney Plus being the third biggest in the UK. The amount of advertising they're doing right now, the price is a good point. Kids are all off because now the, there's some kids at school, but most of the kids now are going to be off till September. You know, that, that's a long time. Um, and also, this, on the same note as that, I mean, that's going to affect also going to cinema as well. The kids all being off for the whole, for most of the summer because going to cinema is, is expensive and money is going to be much tighter and will families go to see these big box office movies? It's all going to be, have a knock-on effect, I think, with all of this. Oh, yeah. And it's not even just that. Sometimes the, the summer go-to is just give, don't worry about the, what the price of the ticket is. Give the money to the kid. Have yeah. them sit in a the theater for two and a half hours because that's two and a half hours. You don't have to deal with them. Yeah, it's um, not work, man. that's not going to happen now. Um, also, um, a new movie is being created by uh, Lionel, for featuring Lionel Richie music called All Night Long. It's going to be an all-new original musical. Very much still in the early stages. I like Lionel Richie music. Um, don't know if it's, it's going to be like autobiography. It sounds like it's going to be more like a jukebox kind of thing where they just take his music. Don't know. I like why not? That doesn't seem to. I'm not sure what if you think like Lionel Richie music. Uh, I like individual songs, yeah. a, a good amount of his collection. I have to say he's got good music. Um, and these musician movies seem to be quite popular. Now we had Bohemian Rhapsody a couple of years ago, which was, which did pretty well. I think Rocket Man did pretty well as well. Yeah. I don't think it's ironically, they were both done by the same director. Um, I did prefer Bohemian Rhapsody to um, there, but then I look at like, you know, we've had some other movies like yesterday recently. Mm-hmm. That one wasn't too bad. I think that's all very, it's just a good way of just using the, um, I mean, I hate Mamma Mia, but it's done really, really well. And it, oh, yeah. yeah, Mamma Mia is definitely, I'm not an, an ABBA fan at all, but it's hard to acknowledge that they have a ton of fans and, and it, both of their movies did extremely well. Yeah. Music movies. Say, yeah. yeah. Music movies are generally pretty safe, but I think even right now, um, they're doing extremely well, as long as they can keep the quality up and as long as they can keep, using good artists that people mm. want to know more about, even if it's kind of fake like Bohemian Rhapsody was and really just like a here to have some of their, their greatest yeah. hits um, with uh, uh, drawn a blank on his name yeah. right now, but the guy who played Freddie uh, yeah. from Mr. Robot, great actor. And I can't remember his yeah. name right now, but the, they're very popular right now. And while Lionel Richie probably wouldn't have been like the first one I thought about, I'm kind of like, no, actually that makes sense. I bet he had a pretty interesting life going on there. But then also it could end up being something a bit more like maybe like Nomeo and Juliet, where they used Elton John's music, but it had an entirely different sort of uh, movie going on. So we don't know. Could could be anything at the minute. Um, also, Beyonce is apparently um, reportedly doing a hundred million dollar deal with Disney to bring some music to the Black Panther and also to provide a narration for a number of Disney Plus projects. Which I was like, oh, really? They're going to spend that much? But um, obviously, she will bring a massive audience in. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, it depends what she's doing. I mean, we don't know yet. It's still very much still in the, the negotiation stages, but I don't like mind the idea of her doing some bits and pieces of Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, we'll have to wait and see what, yeah. what she ends up narrating. Um, obviously, with celebrity narrators, it's extremely hit and miss. Uh, yeah. We are more used to it here in the States, though, um, as opposed to like David Attenborough narrating yeah, every we- single British. Uh, well, we did. We did well, they, well, they, to be honest, they are now the last few years. They, they have been bringing a lot of different. David Tennant is actually really good at them as well. He does them very I could, well. I could see that he's got a great voice and he's yeah, got a great range. Um, yeah, I, so does, I just saw we, him in uh, Harry Potter Four last yeah. weekend, and I forgot he was in that movie. And it, it's fun to see him. Yeah, they're definitely kind of moving on from there. So um, also, apparently, there is a. <sighs> rumor a report of a black cauldron live action remake in the works for disney plus um i'm gonna be honest this is one i when this one came up was like okay this one nearly bankrupted disney because it did so badly at the box office nearly killed their animation uh division completely because it just did not didn't cut i don't think i think it barely got enough money in to cover the costs of it and it yeah we just put them back years 
And I was like, I'll be honest, I've never seen it. I've even got it on Blu-ray or DVD, I think. I picked it up at one point when it was in a stack of, of DVD. And, oh, I still haven't seen it. It's on Disney Plus. It was on Disney Life. For the la- and, and I have sat there and gone, you know what? We need to do this as a, um, a club episode where we do a retro review because I need to watch this movie. Because <laughs> this, this one in Atlantis and there's a few other ones from that era is like, yeah, I've never seen the Black Cauldron. So the Black Cauldron is not from the Atlantis era. Black Cauldron yeah, no. was 1970s or yeah. something like that. 1985, um, I think it was. 85, okay. Um, so it would have been largely made yeah. at the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s. But I know I've seen it, but I barely remember it. I know a lot of the controversy around it. I know uh, they wanted to make it into like a series of, of movies. Um, it's based on a, a very popular uh, book series, or at least it was popular in the 70s, uh, 60s. I know Walt was actually interested in back in the day. Yeah. This obviously happened after he passed, but it was a project he was interested in. And then, yeah, it's kind of like Artemis Fowl from the yeah. 80s in that yeah. regard. Like, it sounds like they they wanted to do they wanted to do this big grand project, but they didn't want to do the legwork to do it properly. And then, of course, it had a too many chefs stirring the pot kind of deal where uh, it just got passed around between people for a while. Honestly, if you, if you want to do a remake, I realize it's not quite as marketable as something like The Lion King or Aladdin or something like that. But if you want to do a remake, I always felt it should be the movies that had potential, but yeah. never reached those potentials. Because, you, you know, you've got The Lion King. It was a great movie. You don't need to remake it because it, it's yeah. there. It, it's waiting. But Black Cauldron or... Could yeah, um, it's like a thing of like give it another go. Let somebody out. There is there's a decent story. Now if they go back to the the book and go right, let's take the source material and let someone completely fresh and brand new do it, and let's like do that, you know. And I think that's only where I kind of think I I coming into this completely neutral. It's like you know, okay, the movie didn't apparently do well, but that doesn't necessarily mean a. a, a a sequel will be just as bad, different audiences, different tastes. Things have changed a lot in 35 years. Yeah. Uh, and there's much more acceptance of that kind of fantasy genre. I know that the eighties were big with stuff like dark crystal and labyrinth and, and so on, but really animated fantasy. I think you had the Lord of the Rings animation. Mm-hmm. That was about it. Um, it. It wasn't a thing. And I think people would be much more open to it now. Yeah, and I also think as well, like, like geek culture and everything has changed so much. Mm. You know, back then, you know, it was the start of it all, uh, but it was still very much underground and kind of, uh, yeah, that you didn't do it. it's very different to that. So, yeah, I'm, I'd be happy to see something different. I'd be going in kind of, again, I don't, don't have that connection to that franchise, so therefore it's a lot easier. But yeah, like I said, it makes sense to me. It's just like, well, if it's based on a series of books and you've got the rights to it, and why not give it another blast? You know, it might work out better. Um, let let someone who knows what they're doing take a crack at it, and what's the worst could, that could happen? It it yeah. it, it's a, it the, the first <laughs> movie already bombed. Uh, it it'd be harder to bomb more. Yeah, I think there's always that, like you say, like that ex- expectation of like. The big movies, do they, they don't need to do as much as the little ones. So moving on from there, also in the Star Wars world, looks like we are going to be seeing a lot more characters. There's apparently rumours of uh, Thrawn either being turned into a Disney Plus series or being in a series with other characters, maybe like with um, Ezra. Um, apparently they're casting for someone in their 30s to play Ezra, which would, that's how old he would be around about the Mandalorian time. Um, when I heard of the thing of the Thrawn series, um, having read the Thrawn novels, uh, the, the recent like three or four books have been out. I'm fully in on this. He's a very interesting character. It would be a very different show, but I would get, I'm guessing they'd want him as a villain for like a different show. But there's, there's a lot of work going on. There's a lot of, apparently there's a lot of animation work going on right now in Star Wars as well that they've not announced anything. Um, I think I saw a tweet the other day that going, you don't, someone said, you don't know how much animation is going on backstage now with Star Wars of new series because Clone Wars, everyone's been focused on the Clone Wars. Obviously, we've got Star Wars Celebration still technically going ahead in August. They have not officially cancelled it yet, but that's usually when you would start seeing all this stuff being announced. And I think that would be when we'd find out about all of this. I suspect we'll have a digital celebration this year, kind of like most of the conventions are doing. But um, yeah, the, as much as we rag on the sequels, um, the one thing that, that Disney has done right 
for the most part has been the television or the Disney plus yeah. uh, stuff now kind of bypassing star Wars resistance, which I th- think will be relegated to mm. uh, a matter of trivia. It might already be as far mm. as I, I, no one really talks about resistance, but yeah. you know, the clone wars people got super hyped for the ending of that. Uh, you know, obviously those mm. last four episodes in particular were amazing. Uh, the Mandalorian, obviously not animated, but still, you know, mm solid and i think people are really interested in this long form storytelling that uh that's provided here and obviously you've got dave filoni who has established himself as uh a very knowledgeable creative storyteller who knows what he's doing in the star wars universe so it would not surprise me that they would have like i don't know eight or ten projects going all at once we obviously won't see them all at once they're going to stagger the releases but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm all in on this, and it makes sense as well to use, um, you know, Dave Filoni. That's his cats, his characters. That's what he knows. That's who we, you know, this is the guy that can turn this into, and it extends, kind of connects in with all the other movies. But like, I just think, yeah, I mean, Thrawn is an amazing character. He's very, it's kind of difficult because if you've not read the books, he's quite, you know, he's just a generic villain, but he's not a villain. He's, he is obviously in terms of yeah, he works for the Empire and stuff, but there's a whole other subplot going on um, with looking after his own people and you know basically better the devil you, or better the you know you know kind of keep keep them on the on keep the people that you don't like on the inside and that, and that's kind of what he's doing. So I think it's it'd be cool to see them going forwards, but hopefully we'll start finding out about these Star Wars series soon. Yeah, um, I would say yeah. for Thrawn, like if your only experience with him is from um, Rebels, there's not much room for gray area in children's cartoons. I mean, sure, you yeah. get characters like Zuko from Avatar, stuff like that. But generally, the bad guys are the bad guys and the good guys are the good guys. Um, but there is a lot of nuance to this character mm. from the books. And I hope that if they do a series with him, that's that they start to convey it, that he's just not the villain of uh, Ezra series yeah. or, or something like that, that you actually get to see. Yeah. He worked for the empire, but he was working for a much bigger goal. And mm. that doesn't mean he was a good person, no. but he had an objective in mind that wasn't necessarily just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Sir. <laughs> galactic domination for the sake mm. of galactic domination. Anyway, and our last bit of news, which is definitely some good news for US folks, um, looks like Disney did a deal with AT&T to bring forward um, a number of release dates because um, Jungle Book, also Alice Through the Looking Glass, we also had Cinder, uh, Beauty and the Beast, and also oh, I can't, there, was a, there was another movie as well um, that have been pulled forward. They were supposed, some of them were like. Alice Through the Looking Glass wasn't supposed to arrive on Disney Plus again in the US until 2022 due to an existing deal. Now they're all dropping over the summer, nearly once a week. I think we're going to be getting The Jungle Book next week in the US. Obviously, internationally, it's less of an issue because these movies are already available. But it's kind of been one of those... um, It's really going to help bulk out this summer for the US releases because you're almost now... Between now and August, we've pretty much now, you've got a major blockbuster movie in uni every week. And that's great. You know, that's exactly what Disney Plus needs. And so it's some of those weird ways of going, mm, they should put everything on there all at once. Like, well, actually dropping them bit by bit makes sense. But obviously, internationally, we did get them all. But um, nice to see them doing this. I mean, everyone's now going, can they do it with HBO? Because that's the one that's really screwing everything up. Netflix isn't quite so big a thing anymore. But um it's the, nice to see Disney have kind of, they've not announced anything, but you can't move forward all these movies that all happen to be on AT&T. So they move forward. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's interesting to see what's going over on AT&T, not just for this deal, but just in general. There's, there's, there's some interesting movements over there. But other than, say, the Daredevil or Defenders line of, of uh, shows, there's not much coming from Netflix. Uh, things like that. So it's good to see this happening. I agree. Also don't drop it all at once. Uh, and I'm going to say that for a selfish reason, I want to see most of these and I want to, to be able to talk about them here when they pop back on, even if it's just a short segment of, yeah. Hey, you watched out through the looking glass. I didn't see it in theaters. I haven't seen it uh, since it came out. So we can, we can talk about that, but if they drop all of it at once, like no. And I think that would happen for most people. If you drop, five Disney movies that yeah. these live action remakes or, or any of these things, most people will gr- gravitate to the most popular one. 
Yeah. And then the other four will just get forgotten. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales was the, the other movie. It suddenly dropped into my head. They, I mean, these were all really popular movies. They, everyone, you know, that kind of thing. of going, yeah, hey, it's great. I mean, it's just this strange thing. I think once, I think once HBO deal was done, that's really going to free up a lot of legacy titles. And that, in some ways, it gives Disney probably 2022, 2023, 2024, years of just back legacy content weekly, every Friday. They can keep doing that because the, the pace that seems, feels like it's picking up steam, this like Friday drops. Oh, here's a whole season. Here's a whole season because they've not really been diving too much into the Fox. So they'll, once they've kind of gone through maybe the National Geographic and the Disney Channel, they'll then have all this Fox content and they can start diving into and start utilizing and I think it makes sense because there's a lot of competition out there right now. And I think it would have been kind of maybe nice had they put out the announcement to say they'd done this deal, but it may be 18 to, you know, they didn't want to do that, but it's only, a, it's only a few small little movies, but I think it all makes a big impact. Um, I kind of wanted to bring up this because this got brought up a lot recently was HBO max um, has a leaving tab and like half the DC movies and a load of movies from Warner Brothers and stuff are leaving. And they said they're going to be like rotating them in and out. And people have been like tagging me and all this stuff. Going, Look what they're doing. It's like, this is the art dude. It's like, a, yeah, okay. That's really, really weird to be seeing what HBO Max is doing with all their movies right now. Yeah. And I don't get it. I thought it might be end of licensing terms for a lot of them, but they basically own the Warner Brothers back catalog at this point. So I'm not sure why they would drop the DC stuff unless there's a pre-existing license and, and yeah, rotate them back in. But it's weird because I remember looking at that tab and, and being like, wait, Justice League? Yeah. But didn't you just announce a Snyder cut of the Justice League? Yeah. How, how's that going to work? Are you going to rotate between the two of them? And like, well, I want to watch Justice I said like yeah. five people ever. I um, did. I know I'm going to put my hand up. We did actually watch it on Netflix last week. We were sat there and we went, have we seen this movie? We were like, I don't know if we have. Well, do you remember it? I don't remember it. Well, well, let's watch it. Got halfway through the movie going, I still don't know if I've seen this. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. I went in, I, I, I love this. It was like, a, have it, I think I did watch it. I think I might have watched it on a plane or something when I did a little screen. So I didn't, I think that's where I saw it. But yeah, so I have, I, with all that noise about the Snyder Cut, I was like, do you know what? I really do need to watch this movie because I do not remember it. But yeah, so I have. Yeah. Done it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how the Snyder Cut goes. Um, I did. I saw it too when it came out, and it was acceptable. I rag on it because it's the yeah. competition, but it, it was an acceptable movie. Certainly not something that I've ever felt the need to go back and watch again. Um, and I'll I'll probably check out the Snyder Cut, although I'm definitely not in the the camp that's like this is going to be the greatest movie of all time and it'll fix all the problems. We're not going to go down that route right now. <laughs> that's that's total I, I, it. Still, it still gets me the fact of like. The end, you know, the, you do know that everything that we saw in that movie is still going to be there. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, all right, we'll talk about this yeah. briefly here. I, I think a lot <laughs> of people expect that the Snyder Cut is going to, to fix all the problems and, and it's suddenly going to become like this un, unearthed masterpiece. And I, I think the problems with the Justice League are far deeper than editing. When it, it's, it's a very... Um, it it's a flawed view of what the DC superheroes should be. It's not a problem with the DC heroes themselves. I think you can tell plenty of great stories with Batman, Superman, Flash, Cyborg, all of them. Yeah. But it's that underlying vision of Zack Zach Snyder's of how he views superheroes, and in particular these superheroes, mm-hmm. that is the flaw. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a very cynical, very dark view of them. And that's a, a perfectly valid interpretation but it's, uh, it's, it's just not. Well, uh, but I was, I was going to add because they're even. I think that they're even releasing it as like six episodes of half an hour each, or so. It's not even going to be like a movie. Very odd. Very odd. They um, did that with uh, Tarantino's um, Western movie from a couple of years ago too, where they re-released. Yeah. Uh, what was it Hateful Eight as yeah. like a? I think it was that one. One of his movies got re-released as like a six-episode series, and apparently it's much better. Um, I do think it will be an improvement over Justice League, and but I'm definitely yeah. not in the this will be the greatest superhero movie of all time. Uh, no, no, because we all know that's Howard the Duck. Um, but so <laughs> absolutely, one, George Lucas can do no wrong. 
Jar Jar Binks and Howard the Duck will go down as the greatest characters in cinematic yes. history. And on that bombshell, I think it's a good time to um, end the podcast. Again, just a big thank you to everyone for um, subscribing and listening to the podcast. Also, just again, and that's going to go another just shout out to all of our patrons as well. Um, Andrew Giuseppe, Joshua, Julie, Sarah, and what's on Netflix for all of your support. I um, just want to put that there. So again, thank you very much. Go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Remember as well, we will be talking about John Carter. Um, patrons will get access to that one a week earlier than everybody else. You guys will all be able to hear it next week. And on that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back soon. Laters.